minute. This sounds like rock and or roll. Welcome to Rock and Door Roll. I'm your reluctant host, BJ. So it was recently announced that the city of Detroit, Michigan is filing for bankruptcy. And I decided I would use this episode to pay tribute to the city of Detroit as it once was. Detroit, the city peaked in the 50s during the post-war industrial boom and the burgeoning ubiquity of the automobile. But the city of Detroit has been in decline ever since. Its population has shrunk with each successive year since 1950, from a high of 1.8 million people to the current population of about 700,000. But Detroit was once a vital, vibrant city, a cultural hotbed. The city was a music mecca, really. So much great music came out of Detroit in the 60s and 70s, such history... Motown Records, founded by Barry Gordy in 1959, from 1961 to 1971, Motown had 110 top 10 hits. That's 11 per year, almost one a month for 10 straight years. Aretha Franklin was born in Memphis, but moved to Detroit at the age of five and launched her singing career from Detroit. The Parliaments were a doo-wop group that formed in New Jersey, but they relocated to Detroit in the late 60s, renamed themselves Funkadelic, and as their music evolved from doo-wop to guitar, guitar-driven soul mixed with, with rock and roll, they, you know, they invented a whole new genre of music, practically. Bill Haley grew up in a suburb of Detroit called Highland Park. He laid the groundwork for rock and roll with two 1954 singles, Shake, Rattle, and Roll in April of 54 and Rock Around the Clock in May of 54. This is two months before Elvis Presley's debut. Del Shannon had a number one hit with Runaway, from Detroit, Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels had three top ten hits in the late 60s. Vincent Furnier was born in Detroit but grew up in Arizona where his band The Spiders formed when they were still in high school. They eventually changed their name to Alice Cooper and flirted with moving to L.A. but eventually decided to move to Detroit instead. Two albums deep into their career, they relocate to Detroit because of the Detroit rock scene and the reputation it had and launched their career from there, uh, were catapulted to international superstardom out of the Detroit rock scene of the early 70s. Cream Magazine was based in Detroit, first issue published in March of 1969, and Cream was the real, true rock fans' alternative to Rolling Stone uh, with a very different agenda. Rock and roll was like religion to Cream Magazine and to Detroit. There's a reason that Kiss wrote Detroit Rock City, Kiss were accepted in Detroit like nowhere else early in their career because Detroit rock fans, they obviously loved originality. They liked a different take on rock and roll. They were accepting of creativity, of the adventurous spirit that 
led rock and roll to you know spawn genres like punk and metal and uh, you know Detro- the 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 massive influence of the Detroit rock scene in the late 60s and 70s really cannot be overstated that Detroit rock scene spurred on the development and the spread of American rock and roll and all that it came to entail and embody so today I'm going to pay tribute to Detroit and everything the city contributed to this genre of music this art form that we all love so much. The number one song of the first 50 years of the Hot 100 chart, according to Billboard, and the only song of the rock and roll era to be a number one hit single in two different years, 1960 and again in 1962, was a song called The Twist by Chubby Checker. But the song The Twist was originally written and recorded by a a singer named Hank Ballard from Detroit. Hank Ballard began his career in a doo-wop group called the Royals. The group morphed into a group called the Midnighters, and they went by Hank Ballard and the Midnighters. In 1959, they released a single called Teardrops on Your Letter, and the B-side of that 1959 single was The Twist. In 1961, Hank Ballard and the Midnighters had another top ten hit with a song called Finger Pop in Time. Terry Knight and the Pack was a band formed in 1965 by former radio DJ Terry Knight. The band featured two future Grand Funk Railroad members, Don Brewer on drums and, for a short while, Mark Farner on bass. Between 1965 and 1967, the band released nine singles and two full-length albums.
question mark and the Mysterians formed in Detroit in 1962, originally playing surf music. They added a singer and songwriter named Rudy Martinez to the fold, who wrote, in 1966, wrote a number one hit for the band called 96 Tears. I like that song a lot, but there's one song by Question Mark and the Mysterians that I love. Check it out. Pleasure Seekers were a band that was formed in 1964 by two teenage sisters, 17-year-old Patty and 15-year-old Susie Quattro. They were the earliest all-female rock group signed to a major label when they signed to Mercury Records in 1968 and released an awesome single called Light of Love. In 1969, the Pleasure Seekers changed their name to Cradle and added a third Quattro sister, Nancy Quattro, to the group.
There was, of course, a big garage rock and psychedelic rock scene in Detroit in the late 60s. Bands like the Underdogs and the Chosen Few. And some members of some of these groups would go on to find a lot of fame later on in the 70s. For example, Glenn Fry was there on the Detroit rock scene in the mid-late 60s, played in two different bands, The Mushrooms and Four of Us. Bob Seeger was in a succession of Detroit bands in the 60s, the Decibels, the Town Criers, the Omens, the Last Herd, and then the Bob Seeger system before he went solo. He was doing garage rock and psychedelic rock. Check out this 1966 single by The Last Herd. Ted Nugent, of course, also came out of the Detroit psychedelic rock scene. His band, the Amboy Dukes, formed in 1965. One more member of the Detroit rock scene in the late 60s, early 70s, who went on to find fame and success later on, was Doug Figer, later lead singer of The Knack. He was born in a suburb of Detroit called Oak Park in 1952, and his band Sky had two records on RCA in 1970 and 1971.
One of my personal favorite bands to come out of the Detroit rock scene in the late 60s, early 70s is a band called The Frost. Singer-guitarist from The Frost, Dick Wagner, is best known for his work with Alice Cooper and his ghost playing on Kiss's Destroyer album. The problem is Dick Wagner should be best known for his work with The Frost because they were an awesome band. He actually started out in a band, late 60s band called The Boss Men. Dick Wagner and the Frost released three albums in 
So two of the most famous and, well, important and influential bands to come out of that late 60s Detroit rock scene, of course, were the MC5, Motor City 5, and the Stooges. And both bands were signed to Elektra Records at the same time by Danny Fields. He came to Detroit to see the MC5 play at the historic Grand Ballroom, and MC5 guitarist Wayne Kramer suggested that he check out the Stooges as well, and he wound up signing both bands. The MC5's first album, Kick Out the Jams, came out in 1968. It was recorded live at the Grand Ballroom, but it was a controversial record, and in the end, Elektra ended up dropping the group. But they quickly re-signed with Atlantic Records. They put out a second album called Back in the USA, which was produced by John Landau, who would later go on to work with Bruce Springsteen, of course. And while there are really good songs on Back in the USA, the production was an issue because... All of the raw intensity of the band was kind of stripped away, and it was too clean and polished, and it just wasn't right. But the band got it right on their third album, High Time, which came out on Atlantic in 1971, and was virtually ignored. Uh, The album lost money for the label, and the band were quickly dropped. It's criminal that that record is not more well-known because it's an amazing album, one of my favorite albums of the 70s probably, just a great record all the way through. MC5, High Time from 1971.
The Stooges began as the Psychedelic Stooges in 1967-68. Band consisted of James Osterberg, who went by Iggy Pop, of course, and brothers Ron and Scott Ashton. Ron Ashton was in the Chosen Few garage rock band, and a drummer named Dave Alexander. They were known for their wild live performances and Iggy's outrageous behavior. Their self-titled album came out on Elektra Records in 1969, did not sell well, and was not well received by the critics. Neither was their second album, 1970's Funhouse. The band were dropped by Elektra, but Iggy Pop met David Bowie in September of 1971, and David Bowie ended up getting the band a second record deal with Columbia Records. Ron Ashton switched to bass, and they added a guitar player named James Williamson, and the album Raw Power billed as Iggy and the Stooges, came out in 1973, also sold poorly. Amazing album, you know, precursor to punk rock, basically the invention of punk rock. But what amazes me is, even before Raw Power, uh, the band were recording songs before Raw Power, and there's a song called I Gotta Write that they demoed in 1972 that blows my mind. This is 1972, keep in mind. Check out this song. Another band that was in that same scene was a band called The Up. They formed in early 1967, and they replaced the MC5 as the house band at the Grand Ballroom. And also, when the MC5 broke with their manager, John Sinclair, who John Sinclair became sort of famous, he went to prison for marijuana possession, and Abby Hoffman jumped on stage to advocate for John Sinclair at Woodstock. That's when Pete Townsend hit Abby Hoffman over the head with his guitar. John Lennon wrote a song for John Sinclair and played at Benefit concerts and rallies uh, in support of John Sinclair's cause when he was in prison. John Sinclair was the founder of the White Panther Party. Sinclair injected a lot of the politics into the MC5's music, sort of politicized the band, and when they broke with John Sinclair in, like, 69, he hooked up with this other band called The Up.
Another band that was a part of that whole grand ballroom scene was a band called The Rationals. Another of the heavier bands to come out of the Detroit rock scene in the late 60s was a band called Frigid Pink. Their first singles came out in 1969. They had a top 10 hit with their third single, a cover of House of the Rising Sun. Led Zeppelin actually opened for them at the Grand Ballroom in 69. Their self-titled album came out in 1970. SRC Band was a band formed by Scott Richardson, who had been in The Chosen Few with Ron Ashton from The Stooges. They opened for Jimi Hendrix, The Who, The Stones when those bands came through town, signed with Capitol Records, released a self-titled debut album in 1968.
Sunday Funnies formed in 1969 and released two albums on Rare Earth Records in Savage Grace formed in Detroit in 1968 and released two albums on Reprise Records in 1969 and 1971. The second album was a lot heavier. I mentioned Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels at the beginning of the show. They had three top ten singles in the late 60s, including Devil with a Blue Dress On. In 1971, Mitch Ryder put out an album with a band that he called Detroit, and that record was produced by Bob Ezrin. (laughs) 
course, one of the bands, one of the most successful bands to come out of this Detroit rock scene was the was Grand Funk Railroad. They really took that Detroit sound to the mainstream. They went platinum right away with their first album in 1969. But another band, another Detroit band that had a big hit was Brownsville Station. Their 1973 single, Smoking in the Boys' Room, went to number, th- number three on Billboard, sold two million copies. And then, of course, ten years later, about, was a huge hit for Motley Crue. That band was formed in Ann Arbor, Michigan in 1969 by singer-guitarist Cub Coda, and their first album came out on Warner Brothers in 1970. Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. 
Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So there's this amazing documentary that came out this year. I can't recommend it enough. It's called A Band Called Death. And it's about a band that was made up of three brothers, the Hackney brothers, David, Bobby, and Dennis. They recorded seven songs at United Sound Studios in Detroit in 1974. And as the story goes, almost had a record deal with Columbia. Clive Davis almost signed them and supposedly funded those sessions that resulted in those seven songs. But the deal fell through when the band, mainly the brother David, refused to change the name Death. Luckily, they held on to those master tapes of those seven songs. They put out a single on their own in 1975. Two of the songs on that single, two of those seven songs were on that single, Politicians in My Eyes and the B-Side Keep on Knocking. But only 500 copies of that single were pressed, and then the band just went into the, those tapes went into the attic and nobody knew about it. But when you hear the songs, to think they were written in 73, recorded in 1974... They're punk rock songs before punk rock. It, they're amazing. Obviously, the band wasn't influential because nobody knew about them, but the idea that they were making this kind of music at that time and they were three African-American brothers, you know, it's mind-blowing. In 2009, Drag City Records released those seven death songs as an album called For the World to See.
All you timeless children with your predictions and flashbacks Trying to get ahead What makes you think I can see you? What makes you think I believe you? Dreams inside my bed Have you heard you play on the news? Devin, I'm waiting Shot from the past All the dreams are flying All the thoughts are dying Hurt from the past And your freaky contenders trying to be the first. In my own opinion, you are not defending. You, you are the worst. You make the world like a circus and you're trying to curse us. Cruel, sin of the bound. But we won't let you beat us, no, we won't let you cheat us. It's only one time around. Fred Sonic Smith was the guitar, one of the guitar players in the MC5. He wrote all three of those songs I played earlier from the High Time album. After the MC5 broke up, he languished for a while, ended up forming his own band called Sonic's Rendezvous Band in 1975. Other members of the band were Scott Morgan, who was in The Rationals, Gary Rasmussen, who was in The Up, and Scott Ashton from The Stooges. They only released one single in 1978, an amazing song called City Slang.
Destroy All Monsters was a band formed by four University of Michigan art students in 1973, and they performed in the Ann Arbor area regularly until 1976. One last rock band before we head into the punk era. The Rockets were formed in 1972 by two former members of Mitch Ryder's Detroit Wheels, John Badanjek and Jim McCarty. They released several albums in the late 70s and 80s, including Love Transfusion in 1977 and Turn Up the Radio in 1979. <laughs> Okay, let's head into the punk rock era. As you've probably guessed, Detroit had a killer punk rock scene going on in the late 70s. Bands like the Ramrods, the Dogs, the Mutants, and Flirt. Let's hear them all now, in that order.
My favorite Detroit punk band is a band called Cinecide. They formed in 1976, but their 1982 album, I Left My Heart in Detroit City, is a great punk rock record.
Touch and Go Records, the legendary indie label now based in Chicago, originally began as a fanzine in East Lansing, Michigan, first published in 1979 by Tesco V and Dave Stimson. In 1981, they turned Touch and Go the fanzine into Touch and Go the record label and started releasing 45s by the hardcore punk bands that were playing gigs at the time, including Tesco V's band The Meat Men and a band called The Fix and another band called The Necros. So now that I've taken you on an auditory tour of Detroit, the city of Detroit's contributions to the history of rock and roll, all the way from the 60s rock scene to the early 80s hardcore scene, I'm going to indulge myself a little bit here and play you some songs by one of my favorite bands ever to come out of Detroit, a band called the Trash Brats. They formed in 1985, originally calling themselves Brat. They changed it to the Trash Brats in 1987. Over-the-top image, sort of, uh, you know, a glam metal sort of image. Lots of makeup, lots of 
lots of performing in drag. These are the kind of guys that do not make for attractive females. By 1989, they found themselves opening for bands like Pretty Boy Floyd and Bang Tango when those bands rolled through town on tour, riding the crest of some Headbangers Ball airplay. Finally, in 1990, they released their first single, Some Days Too Late, and it was a lot better than anything by Pretty Boy Floyd or Bang Tango, that's for sure. The first album came out, self-titled album came out in 1991, originally only released on cassette. Then they had a couple more great albums, The Joke's On You and my favorite, Out of the Closet. I'm going to play you a medley of Trash Brat songs now. Enjoy.
awesome band, man, the Trash Brats. I love those guys. Well, that's going to do it for the Detroit, Detroit Rock City episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, let me know. Go to the blog, rockandorrollpodcast.blogspot.com. You can find a link there to the Facebook page and the iTunes to subscribe and leave a comment or a rating on iTunes. And you could send me an email, rockandorrollpodcast at gmail.com. I'd like to hear from anybody. Let me know what, what you like about the show, what you'd like to hear on future episodes of the show, anything like that. If you... If you're a big music fan and you'd like to be a guest co-host, send me an email. We can discuss what kind of a topic we could cover, and we well, I'll do an episode with you. That would be fun. So if you want to get involved, if you're a listener, if you're a huge music fan, and you like the show, you like the format, you'd like to get involved, let me know. And it would also be nice just to hear from the people that are listening, find out who you are, how you found the show, what you like about it, like I said. And also, I always try to put a list of the songs I played on the show in order on the blog in case you're, you want to find out what song that was that I played, if I didn't say exactly what it was, if I didn't give you a song title, etc. Those should be on the blog, rockandorallpodcast.blogspot.com. All right, then, to play us out. What does that mean, to play us out? I don't know what that means, to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. I'm going to leave you with a couple of songs from one of my favorite songwriters and one of the coolest guys ever to come out of the Detroit area. Andrew Wilkes Creer grew up in Ann Arbor. He moved to New York City in 1998. But he's a Detroit rocker, born and bred. I'm going to leave you with two songs from his wonderful 2006 album called Close Calls with Brick Walls. The two songs are called One Brother and The Moving Room. And these are two examples of my favorite kind of song, really. Amazing stuff. Until next time. I can roll out of sync with the beat of the rake Cause I roll on my own terms I don't need any sisters anymore I already ate my fill of worms
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.